0: My name is Ronika Jacobs, and you found my podcast, Strive for More, Your Best Life Now. While there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, you've taken the time out to listen to this one. So for that, I would like to say thank you. So without any further delay, let's get to it. Let's strive for more. Drawing Strength from the Word.
1: My next guest, Reverend Dr. Nicole Simpson, is helping people strive for more in the area of faith and wealth building. Dr. Simpson is a certified financial planner and as a practitioner has over 29 years of experience in the securities industry. She compassionately assists families on how to begin to walk along the road to recovery when faced with a catastrophic or unexpected disaster. She is the visionary and CEO of the Power of Gospel Ministries and an entrepreneur. Simpson has authored several books, including Planning for a Reason, a Season, and a Lifetime, The Ultimate Plan, a Financial Survival Guide for Life's Unexpected Events, which was nationally distributed through Tate Publishing, and Dare to Dream, Pushing Past Your Pain to Pursue Purpose, a book that changes the lives of everyone who reads it. In this episode, he will discuss how to be still to listen to God when you feel all is lost, are desperate, or simply unmotivated. Hi, Reverend Simpson. Welcome. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show.
2: Oh, listen, Monica, I am so excited to be here as we all continue to strive for more. It is my pleasure indeed.
1: That is fabulous. So how are things going thus far? How are you handling all of this so much input coming in right now? So how are you doing with everything?
2: Well, you know, um I think that we ought to all give ourselves permission to be um, not okay in this moment because there's so much calamity in the world and I, and sometimes we add added pressure to ourselves, and we overwhelm ourselves even more. I thank God that I'm in his arms and in his presence, and my faith is what keeps me rooted and grounded. And so in all things, I am well. And I'm, I'm, I'm uh, given the opportunity to not only um, undergird myself, but also be supportive of other individuals as well, so that I can be a beacon of hope and light, for individuals that are finding what's going on with COVID-19, what's going on with food shortages, what's going on with financial insecurity, what's going on with the racial tensions. Those individuals that are struggling to manage and maintain and preserve, God uh, has given me the opportunity to have a dialogue and conversation to spark hope in their lives. So it, it's, been, um, it's been a wonderful journey in 2020, believe it or not, uh, to be able to say that is a privilege, but I recognize that it has been tumultuous at best. But I am hopeful that God is up to something, and because of that, I'm looking at the end of a thing and not the beginning or the process of a thing.
1: Oh, that's wonderful, Dr. Simpson. Thank you for sharing that. And you mentioned being in God's arms. Now, everyone's connection to God or higher power is a very personal relationship, and it's a very personal connection. Can you share with the listeners a little bit about your connection to God and your connection to faith?
2: Yes. Actually, um, it's not the regular middle of the road. I actually uh, grew up in a very traumatic household environment, and so everything that one could think of, alcoholism, drug addiction, child abuse, sexual assault, was all prevalent in my, um, in my space. And so, uh, I didn't have a family that went to church or anything of that nature, but I received this gift when I was in the second grade and the gift was a book and, um, the book had these red words in it. And this is my first introduction to God because I began reading the red words of the book. And somebody, as young as I was, I didn't have the privilege of watching television or anything of that nature. But I began to read these words, and in it, it just talked about, you know, um, Jesus being the Son of God, and he was well-pleased. But the next chapter, when Jesus goes to this Sermon on the Mount, he's talking about being blessed. So here I am, an impressionable seven-year-old, and I'm like, well, I want to be blessed. How do you be blessed? And I just kept reading the red words, and so I eventually had the privilege of going into a church and finding a place where I began to learn of God for myself, but he really communicated with me at such an early age, not in church, and so my faith has been strong because it's rooted and grounded in what we know to be the Bible today. That was that precious gift that I received, and all throughout my life, I just kept reading the red words, and as I read it, I drew strength from it. And so in the midst of the worst experiences of my life, because my trauma didn't end after I started reading the red words. I was in that toxic environment for a total of seven years until my mother had the courage to leave my um, stepfather in that space. So my release, my faith, my, uh, you know, um, belief in God is what kept me, and I began to just think about my childhood being the worst part of my life, and that I was going to do something purposeful, and that my childhood was not going to define who it is that I was. And that was faith in action, even at um, at an early age, and my ability to speak life into my own situation. And I didn't know what I was doing at that time, but that is upon hindsight, what exactly was happening.
1: Oh, I'm so glad that you were able to do that. And especially when you mentioned that, you know, you were drawing your strength from the word. And so that leads me to my next question, because oftentimes people, they feel God has abandoned them when tragedy strikes. So, What can you share to encourage those people out there who
2: feel abandoned? I am very familiar with that, Ronika. And it's an emotion that is a very real emotion. And what I had to recognize is that God's word is true. So when you talk about faith, either you're going to believe and stand on God's word or you're not. And it feels that the most challenging of times, we feel like we're walking alone, and we don't know how to navigate through the corridors of life until we get over to the other side. And then once we get over to the other side of an experience or, of, um, you know, chaos or calamity in our lives, we look back and say, how did I make it? And it wasn't that God was abandoning us. He carried us all the way through. If he had not carried us, we wouldn't even be in that position. And I remember, you know, when, when Jesus was on a cross, he said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And the truth is, that's an emotion. And I understand it, and I've felt that way over many experiences in my life. But if I'm going to believe in the word of God, if I'm going to trust in the word of God and have faith, then what I've noticed is that the enemy will try to use our emotions to discourage, discourage us, from having a true and intimate relationship with God. Because what his word says is that I'm the Lord thy God. I will never leave you, neither will I forsake you. No, I'm with you always, even until the end of age. So I recognize that either I'm going to have the faith to say, God, you have not abandoned me. I know I may not feel your presence, but I'm assured that you're there. And you said you wouldn't put any more on me than I can bear. And you said if I come unto you, you'll provide me the rest. And so what I've learned how to do, and I would encourage everyone under the sound of my voice that feels abandoned, that remind yourself of what the word says. That's why uh, I'm grateful that even though it was unique in how I came into the knowledge of God, I'm appreciative of the fact that my relationship has always been rooted and grounded in his word, which is his promises to us. So anytime I have an issue or a challenge with God, I take it to the word and say, well, God, you said and we do that. You know, we, we, you know, if we're parents, and I'm a parent, uh, you know, if we're parents, you know, our children, well, when they want to make or create an argument with us or whatever it is that they want or they need, uh, um, they'll come to us with, well, mine you said, Dad, you said. And so, you know, it is what we said. And so I have learned how to give God back his word. And um, in that, it takes away from the emotional power feel to the promises of what is reality based off of his word.
1: Yes, yes, I totally understand that, and I'm I'm glad that you mentioned uh, our children. You know, have an argument, uh, uh, you know, about the something adverse and what they feel and what we have said, and so that that makes me think about. <laughs> but that makes me think about people in their faith between believers and non-believers, and right. they love to have this argument that. Oh, so you're just supposed to pray, and then things are just gonna materialize. Oh, that sounds like magic, right? So, what can you say to those doubters, to those when it's not just because I do remember there's a scripture that says faith without works is dead. So, absolutely, can you can you unpack that for some of those non-believers, and even for the believers who understand the power of prayer, but still are like. I'm just going to pray and then God's just going to do
2: everything for me. I don't have to sit back and I don't have to do anything. So Fannie Lou Hamer really addresses this issue so much as as one that is a liberation theologian. Um, She talks about after you finish praying, then what? There are some things that we have a responsibility to do. So if we are believing in the word of God, you know, whether we're a believer or not, the plan of life, um, action for your life, the plan that God has for you, any objectives or goals or um, you know desires that you have to fulfill your purpose or your destiny requires work, and it is not something that's just going to allow you to sit at home and it's just going to fall into your lap. If you desire, you know, to teach, if you desire to create, if you desire to build, then you must prepare in order to do that. And so it's the same thing if you say that you're a believer. The difference in a believer and a nonbeliever is that I, as a believer, I get both my instructions from God and he, he leads me what to what to do. And so if he puts a thought in my mind or in my heart or in my spirit, or I've got something that I am very good at, then I have a responsibility to see what can I do with that. And I think that's the angle or the area in which many of us fall short. We expect God to operate outside of, you know, what should be a natural process. So if I'm good at math or if I am one that loves to bake, how about I explore Is this what my purpose is? Can I make people happy by cooking a meal and putting some love into it? If I am an individual that loves math, can I help people as I do? My vocation is a financial planner. Can I take money off of the table for them where they can think about everything else in life if I tell them financially things are provided for? And so those things require research. So the moment that somebody – you know, feels like they're supposed to go in a certain direction in their lives. They feel like God may have placed something in their spirit and they want to get real deep. Then what you need to do afterwards is go to, and I say there's 66 books in the Bible, but there's a 67 book that I absolutely love. Go to the book of Google and say, I have this idea. What can <laughs> I do with it? You, you understand? Because it's important yes. for us to do research. We have to do the work and determine, is this really where I want to go? Is this really what I want to do? Because it's not going to just, you know, appear out of thin air for you to have. I wish a relationship with God was like that, but he makes us work for what it is that he has purpose for us to do. And we would appreciate it more and recognize the value in what we have done with our own hands.
1: I love it. And you mentioned desire because we all have desires uh, for something one way or the other, whether it's desire for wealth or desire for a relationship or marriage, or you desire for success, and within that desire, there comes in that desire for success, there comes a lot of doubt that infiltrates right. that process um, in going through the process, trying to achieve success, trying to get to the next level, and then you look around, and not that you want to be jealous. And, I mean, of course, as you talked about earlier about natural emotions, And it's not that you right. want to be jealous, but you look to your right, you look to your left, and, you know, this person is getting promoted and this person is getting married and this person is being successful. How, how do you help but not feel like God is choosing them over you? How, do you? how do you help that?
2: Well, first of all, I think it's important for us to recognize that we all have a place that's uniquely designed for us. Um, you know, and um, Harriet Tubman says that each one of us have been been given an assignment in life, and um, if we don't do it, it will never get done. And so there's no better you than you. Nobody can beat you at being you. And so the competition that one might have would be with themselves. The race that one is running is a race for themselves. It's not in comparative because we don't know the journey of another individual. So the moment that we start looking at what someone else is doing, what someone else is achieving, what somebody else is um, receiving. We're making a judgment as to I'm doing more than they are, and we really don't know if that's the true narrative. And so if we focus on us and, and stay in our lane, you will find that you are the best you and that even in the area in which God has placed you, you're the best in that field. And one of the things that um, becomes essential is recognizing that as much as we are called to um, be the best people that we can be, there are people along the way that have done it. They've laid the pathway beforehand. And so getting somebody that knows more than you do and that's willing to invest or build, um, you know, speak into your life, I think is important. I think oftentimes we try to do things and be islands unto ourselves, but this world is um, requiring of us to be interconnected. So, as amazing as I am, and I am the best in my field, in my vocation, you know, I still always had a professional mentor, you know. And I have on uh, multiple levels have, you know, been the student and then turned to be the teacher uh, in that because God will continue to advance. And so we are always, almost always willing to commit helping people rise up, but we ourselves must recognize that someone should be pulling us up as well. And so getting help, asking for, for guidance and direction will keep you from focusing on what everyone else is doing and keep you conscious, concentrating on what it is that you have been called to do. Now, doubt will creep in. But that's why accountability partners are amazing, um, you know, and I think that we should have three people in our lives um, at all time. And I don't know if, Ronita, you like the Wizard of Oz, but I love the Wiz, right? And so the Wiz um, is about this girl, Dorothy, and she wanted to get home, you know, and along the journey of her getting home, she had to go see, you know, this Wiz that was going to tell her how to get home. On that journey, she found three um, three friends that – that journey with her, and she where I'm going with this one for Nikki just to preach to me. so I, she has my ceremony. She, she finds this character, one that was intellectual. She finds um, the lion who has the courage, and she finds the timidon who has the heart. If we have individuals in our lives that, you know, help us, challenge us intellectually, people that love us, that will support us every step of the way, people that will um, say to us, you can do it, I have all of the faith in you, and, and it will help build up your courage to do things. You'd be amazed at, at you having your whiz team at how far you can advance in life. I believe in it wholeheartedly.
1: That is fabulous. I love it. I love it. I, You know, that sounds very similar. It sounds very similar to a series that I have in my monologue uh, in season one. For I have a series um, of episodes that talk about your inner circle and how important mm-hmm. it is to have that inner circle, to have those people who are celebrating you, who are writing for you, who will critique you, not to tear you yes. down, but That's critique right. you to critique you too up uh, to get you to that next level, right, because to get to that next level, that takes a lot of prodding and pulling and poking and pushing, uh, and it's not always comfortable. That's <laughs> it's right. It's not always
2: comfortable. That's right. That's right. All right. That's right. You are exactly right.
1: So you are releasing oh, – well, I'm sorry. You are, you are re-releasing your book, Dare to Dream, Pushing Past Your Pain to Pursue Purpose can you share with the listeners a little bit about that book? Not too much of that, you know, I don't want you to give it away, but just give us some key takeaways from, from this book.
2: So I, I want to start, I got to give you a backdrop as to why I'm re-releasing it. Um, because one thing that transpired is when I wrote the book 10 years ago, it was aspirational in nature. I was in prayer. I was going through a tough time, um, you know, and a tough season at the moment. And, um, I remember God saying as I was leading in corporate prayer, uh, Nicole, your dreams don't impress me. And, like, I don't know what you're supposed to do with that type of information when God said that to you. And I was looking because I thought I was very visionary and I thought that I was doing, like, a whole bunch of stuff that apparently I wasn't. And, um, and he just told me that my dreams were not um, they were not big at all. And I was like, well, God, where am I supposed to go? What is it that I'm looking to do? And so when I started the journey, I was like, God, I want my life to be different, and, um, and in doing that, I was serving other individuals. As I was serving the other individuals, God was just revealing to me the very nature that um, he had an assignment for my life, and so I started that journey being very aspirational, and in the last 10 years, I was able to um, complete school. I didn't even have my bachelor's. So by 2013, I got my bachelor's. 2016, I got my master's. 2019, I completed my doctoral studies. And as I got into this place of thinking I was going to, you know, have life be different, one of the things that God showed me in the turn of the century is that when COVID-19 hit, the entire world sat down. We were forced to sit down in silence, and we were forced to really evaluate our lives And so what the Lord basically said is, I just took you through a journey of time and showed you how to line up with my will. And what I need you to do is show other individuals the way. What it is that I did to you that had you dream again, I need you to encourage others that while it may look crazy right now, while this world is upside down, I don't want people to stop dreaming. And so if you can teach them how to push past their pain to pursue their purpose, because I've already taken you there. And so with that, I found it necessary to re-release the book with some updated information of lessons that I have learned. And in that, you know, one of the things that um, people oftentimes ask, and it was really a part of our earlier discussion, is how do you – how do you get started? How do you know where it is that God has taken you? And so it gives you a very easily information of once you have a thought in your mind, what do I do with it? How do you get people to support you? Well, this is how. And that the book is really written in conversational style so that individuals can be in dialogue with me as we journey through together to see what your ultimate plan is for your life and how you can achieve it and accomplish it wonderful
1: so i hope the listeners out there know that each and every one of them has particular talents given to them specifically by god and Absolutely. some of us know what our some you know and some of us know what our talents are but some of us have yet to discover exactly what those talents are so how does one discover their purpose through talent? Through, how does one discover their purpose through the talent that were given to them by God?
2: So I'm glad you asked that question because I do want to separate purpose from talent. I think it's important because sometimes we think, oh, my purpose is in my talent, but my talent might just be the conduit that affords me the financial freedom to pursue my purpose. So, So let me just – Unpack that just a little bit. Your natural talents and gifting that you may have might be the conduit that allows you the freedom to explore what it is that you love to do. So I always ask individuals this question, whether as a financial planner or just in Daring to Dream. If money were not an issue, what would you do with your life? Because your talent might be, that skill that you have, um, have might be what takes care of your money issue. So now that money is not an issue, what would you do? That is almost always your purpose. And they may not necessarily be interconnected. They may not necessarily be the same thing. It could be two different things. And so I I thank God for my talent and my gift of being financially astute or very good in that. It led me to uh, the opportunity to be my own financial planner, and it allowed me the freedom to pursue my purpose, which is helping individuals recover from traumatic experiences in their lives, whether it be spiritually, emotionally, or economically. My purpose doesn't pay me. That talent that God allowed me to have affords me the freedom, the liberty to pursue my purpose, which is very important to me. So if someone is sitting down and they realize, God, I really want to do this, or I know you've called me to be good at that, then, my, um, my whole objective is to always go to the book of Google and figure it out. Okay, what am I supposed to do with this? Is this a skill that can create financial freedom for me? Or is this something that I'm supposed to help the rest of the world with? God, show me. And I think, believe, and I believe wholeheartedly, if we're reading the Word of God, He's guiding us. Remember, that's one of the things that I appreciate about reading the red words all the time because God guides you through that process. But you do have to start somewhere, and you start with identifying, okay, well, what do I like to do, or what am I good at? And those are two very good questions to begin to explore for yourself to define both purpose and talent. Well, that's wonderful because
1: I know for me, uh, I know my talent um, is being an educator and motivating people. Uh, I've, I've been in education almost 20 years and i wouldn't trade it for anything in the world I love whether it's young and old. Um, I love that uh, educating people I love educating people and inspiring them. But what I realized is my purpose it was in educating the people with my podcast, and now I'm on an international platform with my podcast and I may now educate people around the world and there's no cost involved um, for me like there's no I don't receive any money at this time for this podcast, and I've been doing this about two and a half years, and it gives me so much joy, uh, each and every person I talk to, and and every time I publish an episode and I share it with the world, it's just such resounding joy within me. And that's why I always thank all the listeners uh, each time, I thank all my guests, because it it helps me to understand and it helps resonate and recenter me for my purpose that this is what I'm here for. And I mean, I don't know what the future holds, right? Um, right. But I know God has, has a path for me and he's already ordered my steps and there is a purpose for this as I start the podcast and as each, time, it gets greater and greater. And so I'm excited. I'm along for the ride when I tell you. <laughs> so my faith is strong. And I,
2: believe me, the works on days. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. And I, I agree 110%. And that's, I think, that's the added element of doing it inside the will of God, because he guides you in, in, in that level of excitement and that joy that you have. I think we're supposed to have that. You know, as opposed to going through, trying to navigate through the corridors of life without having something to hold on to that brings you joy and brings you a level of excitement. Because even in today's day and age, many of us are working, people are overworked, underpaid, the stress is at an all-time high. When you're fulfilling your purpose, there's, there's this slither of joy that allows you to say, you know what, I can make it another day. And I think that's so very important for all of us. Well, Dr. Simpson, thank you.
1: Our time is up, but I have one last question for you, all right? So each of my guests, I like to ask them one last question, and it has nothing to do with the topic that we've been talking about, okay? So my question to you is, who are two people, dead or alive, you would
2: invite as special dinner guests? Sojourner Truth and Warren Buffett. And. Um, Sedona Truth is uh, actually, she was a woman preacher um, that was also a woman that fought against uh, not only um, being a woman, but had to fight culturally speaking, as well, and she knew that God called her at an early age. In today's day and age, there are oftentimes a patriarchal lens that we live in society through, uh, so I would want to definitely, you know, glean from her, how did you keep the faith and keep preaching Jesus as you did, you know, um, in your Christian walk and in your life overall. Uh, Warren Buffett is probably the world's greatest investor. And I love what I do. I am a certified financial planner by vocation. I've been in the securities industry for 29 years. I have my own financial planning practice called Harvest Wealth Financial. And uh, just to know that he, uh, you know, uh, not only is charitable in his thinking, I would love to know how did he approach life in order to become or to be deemed the world's greatest um, personal investor uh, because it just happens to be a vocation that um, I love dearly. I know that when we can take money out of the conversation, people get to really live life. And I just think that that's important. So those are the two people that, man, if you gave me a whole dinner time, I would have a long dinner. I'd stretch it out, faith and finances and money. I would ask every question and just, um, (laughs) just, just, just glean from them their thought process. And that's, two different centuries, to be honest with you. So I think I would get the best of both worlds there. Wonderful. Thank you so much
1: for your time, Reverend Simpson. I really appreciate you. Can you do me a favor and take the time to let everyone know how they can how they can purchase a copy of your book, um, or books, actually, or even book you for speaking engagements?
2: Uh, thank you. Um, yes, everything associated with me. Is found under Nicole B. Simpson. So my website is nicolebsimpson.com. All of the social media outlets is N-I-C-O-L-E, B as in boy, S-I-M-P-S-O-N. There's a, a library of my books, all of, um, you know, anybody that wants to book me, they can go right on the website, all types of information that's available to help you with life and help you to dare the dream. Thank you so much, Ronika, for your time. I appreciate it, and I pray that we all will continue to strive for more. Thank you. Any
1: last words of encouragement to the listeners as they strive for more?
2: Yes, I just want to encourage you. I know that these times are crazy. I know that life has seemed seemed extraordinarily overwhelming right now in this age. We did not expect this decade to come in the way that it did. But if you keep the faith in God and you continue to dare to dream, I promise you, take the limits off of time and look at what it is that you will be able to accomplish, not from day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, But see where it is you want to be on December 31st, 2029, and begin to journey toward that direction. So if you should fall in any one of those years, it does not deter you from the plans that you set for yourself. I love to thank God for each and every one of you, and I'm praying your success as you strive for more. Well, Reverend Simpson, thank you so
1: much. I wish you nothing but blessings and abundance in your future. Take care.
2: Thank you.
0: Visit the Strive for More podcast website at www.striveformorepodcast.com to purchase Reverend Simpson's book, Dare to Dream. Do you enjoy listening to this show? Tell me what you like by going to my contact page on my website at www.striveformorepodcast.com. Scroll down to the bottom and leave me a review. Thank you so much for listening.